Hello and welcome to this week's episode of You've Got Mail. I'm your host Bella and we're here for another week which is very, very exciting. I did consider the thought of doing this as a video podcast because so many people like those types of podcasts and then I realised what my setup was and it's literally me sat on my bedroom floor with the phone on my bedside table and me literally just chatting. So I don't think that would be that aesthetically pleasing. I do not think the video would do well. So that is not happening. But I quite like it like that. I feel like it's more a conversation. I want it just to feel like a phone call and I feel like if I made it awesome, fancy like seating arrangements and everything, it would lose the, I don't know, I'm trying to find an excuse for it here, but I feel like I like it. I like that side of it. Also, hi to any new listeners. It's so exciting how much the podcast has grown, the fact that we're actually on the podcast charts now. We have dipped today and I'm okay with that because, you know, it's middle of the week. You guys have all listened to the new episode. You're waiting for this one. So it's totally understandable and dealing with things like that are kind of what this entire podcast topic is all about. But we need to start with a life update first. We can't go straight into the topic. You know how the podcast runs. And I think this week I potentially have had the most embarrassing situation of the year today happen to me. And I don't think I'm over it yet. If I ever meet these people again, I honestly don't think I can look them in the eye. I think it's just going to have to be two people that I fully ignore for the rest of my life. Luckily, I don't see them ever coming into my life again, so I can get over it. But let me tell you the story. So I stayed over at my boyfriend's house. Fine, lovely, normal. Went to sleep woke up, felt weirdly well rested. I just felt very calm, like very peaceful, very... And I was like, this is strange. Normally, recently, I've been waking up feeling really, really tired and like drained and just not that great. I was like, this is so odd. What's going on? I was like, oh, pass me my phone. It's like 7am. That's the time I wake up. I've got to go to work. And I check my phone and it is quarter to nine. Quarter to nine. Okay. I have slept for nearly an extra two hours. Bear in mind, I start work at quarter past nine. Quarter past nine. The stress. I literally, I levitated out of bed. I, there wasn't a part of me that wasn't anxious about waking up. And I got ready in like the fury, got dressed, grabbed my bag, ran out of the house. As soon as, like, I didn't even like brush my hair, wash my face, brush my teeth. My hair was everywhere. I literally had just woken up. Okay. I get outside, I open his front door, I'm outside the front door, bear, right, this is my outfit, let me take you through it, my purple Crocs, trackies, a hoodie, and like the biggest tote bag you've ever seen, it's from um, The Wonderful Flight, and it's huge, that, my hair is everywhere, I haven't washed my face, I look, I look a sight, okay, I'll admit it, I look a sight, it happened, I was like, I'm not gonna see anyone, it's absolutely fine, I open the front door, I look down, I put my trackies on inside out, so the pockets are the wrong way out, and I just look, and I'm like, oh, now I look really odd. Beforehand, I looked rough, and now I look strange. I'm like, it's fine, it's fine. No one I'm going to see is going to be here. We'll just carry on. And I run out the front door, and then, and then, this person in the van starts chatting to me, and they're like, oh, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, why? And they're like, oh, well, we're just coming to do the roofing on the house. Like, is everything all right? I think they genuinely thought I'd robbed the place. I think they genuinely thought I had done something properly weird. And I was like, "Uh, yes, everything's fine. Um, I'll just tell my boyfriend. And I literally just ran off and I could hear them laughing about me. It was horrific. It was absolutely horrific. I just sat in the car and I pulled down the mirror and I looked at myself and I was like, oh no, that was bad. My hair was like spiky everywhere. My trackies were on inside out. The Crocs weren't even on properly. And it was just, oh, (laughs) fine 
I never want to see them ever again. They never need to see me ever again. It's just all, the fact they thought I had robbed the place. They didn't eat, they did, to be fair, they didn't necessarily say that. I just assumed because I mean, why would you ask that? Why would you ask that? But anyway, we move, we move. Other exciting things that have happened this week. I feel like I'm trying to switch up the way that I cope with remote working. This is kind of off topic, but if anyone else does remote working, I've now been doing it for two months. I used to work in Sainsbury's, like actually in stores, one of their beauty experts. Um, I don't do that anymore. Now I work in tech, but I used to do that. So it kind of meant I was out of the house every day. But it just meant I was out of the house each day. I got dressed. It kind of gives you that routine. And recently, being honest, I think I've been really overwhelmed with everything that's going on and kind of like not switching off at all, which is kind of why this podcast is about social media, because I think it's important. And I think I have quite a lot to say on it at the moment because I'm kind of grappling with it myself, if that makes sense. It's something that I'm struggling with at the moment. But anyway, since I've been feeling more overwhelmed, I kind of, I realised I need to make a bit of a change in my routine at the moment. And I was just, I need to move my legs going numb. This is the cons of sitting on your bedroom floor. I was, I was just like, I'd go to, I'd just sit in like trackies and like a t-shirt or just like comfy clothes because I'm literally just sat on my desk. Like I'd obviously like get up, have a shower, get ready, but I'd just sit in comfy clothes. But I realised that I was starting to feel really like, eh, just meh. And I needed a bit of a change up. And I feel like getting dressed each day is starting to provide that change up and making my bed. I feel like I was entering a potential dip situation. You know when you can feel yourself entering into a slump, but like it's not actually happened yet. It just has the potential to snowball into like one of those, I'm not making my bed for a few weeks, like one of those dip dips. And I didn't want that to happen. And so proactively made some changes which normally I don't do this in time normally I just fix it whilst it's happening but this time I was proactive in it and you know what I've started to feel a change so that's good start to feel less overwhelmed I talk about this on today's TikTok video that I released and it's all about how using your emotions as dashboards and it's a concept that I've spoken about on the podcast before but a concept that I think is really important and really helps you be proactive in managing your mood and proactive in managing how you feel because I'm quite a proactive person. I don't like just sitting still. I'm not very good at it. It annoys a lot of people because I'm really shit at sitting still. I always need to be doing something to solve something and being proactive and using my emotions like how I'm signaling, how I'm feeling as signals into what I should be doing has been life-changing in that. And so I could feel myself getting really tense and I'd like anxious and I was checking social media so much more and it was getting really overwhelming and I knew I needed to find like a more of a peace of mind situation and so yesterday I literally just went for a massive walk on the beach just an hour I just listened to a podcast and that was what I did and I felt so much calmer when I came back I mean this is the thing it swings and roundabouts isn't it because I did that but that then meant I didn't go to bed till half 12 because I was doing podcast things or I was on TikTok like not watching TikTok like replying to comments on TikTok and that type of thing but I don't know that proactive approach has made me feel calmer and it's made me feel calmer going into the weekend because this weekend is busy I'm excited I'm going to a festival which is very excited like a little day festival in Leeds which is going to be brilliant and I am really excited about it but since like I work full time and doing the podcast and doing the TikTok which are all things I love like I'm not complaining about them because I love them and I feel very grateful to have them in my life it's just at the weekends I kind of want to chill and it also is a time where I can just relax and kind of get to grips with everything that's going on and I think the thing with it all is is that I 
when I have a busy weekend and I do loads of things, sometimes it can just feel a little bit overwhelming because Monday can arrive so fast, so fast. It doesn't feel like there's long enough in the day. I can definitely support the four-day week. I feel like four-day working week would be absolutely perfect. You get enough work done and also like you'd have a day for yourself just to mentally reset, a day for social plans and a day for life admin. I could definitely do with a day for life admin. Or it wouldn't even have to be life admin, like passion pod projects. Like, I would do my podcast. I don't know, you have a sewing shop, you would do that. I don't know, whatever thing you like doing. I don't know why I made it a sewing shop. That's such a random thought. Um, I haven't met anyone with a sewing shop, but there we go. But I don't know, if you like surfing or skating or writing. Like, do you know what I mean? Just a day to enjoy that hobby. Just go and do something different. I could definitely definitely support that. I also for the first time in my life made ate a homemade Bakewell tart and guys when I tell you this is life-changing, life-changing, I found my new thing for the next two weeks. All of my family are ditching me and going on holiday to France, lovely. So I'm staying at home because one of us has to work, that one is me, just a little cry but it's fine. And so I need to entertain myself and that's what I'm going to entertain myself doing. That is my plan of action. I shall be baking and cooking and becoming the master chef I know I am. I know I could be. I know I have the potential to be. I will update you all on Instagram of my progress because guys, imagine if I can become a star baker and this is what I give to gifts as people. Like this is, these are the gifts I give as people. These are the gifts I give as people. These are the gifts I give to people. There we go. Come on, I run a podcast. There we are. Because recently I've realised how much nicer a gift is if it's like a thoughtful gift rather than like a money-wise gift. Because let's be honest, none of us have loads of money at the moment. I certainly do not. And I can't afford like the type of shit that makes things really nice. Do you know what I mean? There's those presents that are obviously amazing presents, but I can't afford them. I can afford like the mid-tier to low-tier presents at the moment, which is kind of like, meh. It's like the things that you get given but you don't really need and they just sit on your bedroom shelf and it's just a bit like, mm. I feel like it's the thoughtful ones. That's where it's at. I've come up with the best anniversary present I've ever thought of in my life. It is the most cute. Sometimes I wish I could date me. Just to experience my ability at present giving. My thoughtfulness, now I'm taking a piss, but it is a great present. It is a great present. I was going to go and explain more and then realise that this podcast comes out before my anniversary is so I need to shut the fuck up but it's a really cute present and I'm going to share it with you as soon as the anniversary is over because god this is something you can all steal it was a great idea and cheap I think it's going to cost me total 15 quid 15 pounds brilliant brilliant present I'm I'm very excited about it to be honest but anyway we should probably get on to the topic of this week's episode you know you've been here for about 11 minutes of me ranting about my life to you so it's it's probably time we should probably move on to that section So this week's topic is all about social media and everything to do with it, uh, the different types of social media, how social media has affected me, my own experiences with social media. I feel like I'm actually really glad I waited to record this episode because recently after I went viral, social media has shifted a little bit in very positive ways, but also a few negative ways. And I think it's really important to talk about them both. So I feel like waiting for it was actually a very, very smart idea. But where should we begin? I think probably the first step is explaining where I'm kind of at with social media, my history with it, how I kind of got to this point where I am at with social media. So you all know the backstory. 
So I didn't get social media until I was 16, I think. 16. 16's when I first got Instagram. And then I got... Oh, no, it wasn't 16. I think I was 17 or 18. I was older. I always think I was younger than I was, but I was actually older because I got it when I went travelling. That's when I got Instagram. I didn't get Snapchat until... 17, 18. I didn't get Facebook until 18. Like, my parents were very... My dad works in tech and... He was very anti-social media and didn't want me to get it and that type of thing. And so I just didn't get it because they didn't think I needed it. Um, which, honestly, I'm so grateful for. I'm so grateful I didn't have social media because knowing how I am, I would have posted some embarrassing things. Like, rereading my diary from year eight is cringy enough. Imagine if that shit was able for everyone to read like no no thank you we do not want that available to be sharing to the masses I think I would cry and so that meant I didn't get social media until I was a bit older which was everyone found really weird and I remember everyone being like you don't have snapchat like how are we going to talk to you and I was like you could just text me you could just text me or like message me on whatsapp like there are other ways of communication and people found it really really weird i think that's the first thing with social media kind of is the peer pressure around it all everyone has it until you're kind of my age now and then people start dropping off again they start dropping off the grid almost they realize that the negatives outweigh the positives in their lives and so they don't have it i always find it scary with social media how the top tech people don't have it and that makes me concerned because I work in tech at the moment and I was speaking to a lot of like my mentors about it and they were like yeah I don't have social media and they were like yeah I don't have it either yeah I don't have it I don't have it and they literally none of them had social media and I was like oh god oh dear what have I done what have I signed my life away to like just earlier on today I was on TikTok and because my account's doing quite well I could apply for like the creator fund and all of this I will probably never use it, but I just thought, well, we should apply for it and have it if, you know, I ever need it. I don't know why I would, but if I ever need it, then there we are. And I just signed those terms and conditions. Like, it was nobody's... Scroll down, tick, scroll down, tick, 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 tick. I could have ticked my life away and would have no idea. I would have no idea. I have no idea what any of the social media companies have on me. I remember someone telling me about how Instagram, once you post a picture to Instagram, Instagram own it. You don't own it anymore. And I was like that's crazy it like it's kind of scary isn't it to think about how much these tech tycoons like how much they the power they have over us without us realizing how much are we giving away by using these platforms and do we really realize the impact that they're going to have on our lives this is what scares me about growing up in our time and I think every generation has something that is terrifying and like they don't they know is impactful they just don't realize how impactful it's going to be and i think for our generation it's social media i think for my parents generation it was computing and computers and the technological revolution and i think for our generation it's social media because we don't realize the long term effects it's going to have and i think we can already see it now the mental long term effects it's having on our mental health i think physical health is changing i think it's changing the way we interact with each other and not for always negative, also for the positive. It's not always a bad thing. But it is definitely going to have a huge impact. And I'm always curious about what that impact is going to be. I kind of worry that... 
by like will I regret doing this not in the sense of like regret it in like actual you got mail is a bad thing but will I regret the social media side of things I don't know because none of us know the impact social media is going to have in the next 20 years the person who invented Instagram and Facebook they had no idea the repercussions of their actions about how widespread they would become about the mental health impact like do you know what I mean it's interesting but I think I like the fact that I'm using social media as a kind of like force for that sounds so cringy is a forced for good no I don't mean it like that I mean I like that I feel like I'm using it in a positive way I feel like I'm using it in a way that supports my beliefs and supports my morals and it's something that I'd be in aligned to in 10 years time in 20 years time in 60 years time it's something that I would still believe in and so I'm proud of myself for doing it like that I think that's the thing with social media you've got to be conscious of how you're using it and make sure you're using it in a way that older you would support yourself in using it does that make sense Don't make stupid decisions because once you've posted it, it's there forever. So you need to be very conscious of everything that you're posting. And I think that's what Megan not getting social media until I was older gave me the ability to. It gave me the kind of... I was always very conscious of what I was posting. Made me quite anxious posting things initially. I remember when I went through a phase of not posting on social media at all. Um, I don't share my private Instagram on here, but it was on there. You can literally see a gap between 2016 and 2018. I I think I posted once in two years because I was really anxious about people looking at me and my account gaining like followers. The irony, the irony that that's what I was really anxious about. And that was my biggest fear. And now look what I'm doing. But I think it kind of served me well because I was very, I was very aware of the attention that social media could bring you and how careful you need to be about that. And so I'm glad that I had to wait because it meant that, I was aware of that and I could also kind of not make as many mistakes with that, I think. I think that's the danger with people who got social media when they are really young or when they got it so many years ago. They didn't realise how permanent everything you post is. And it's something that I've always been conscious of, which serves me really well now. I know everything that I post is in, is in alignment with my thoughts and my values and what I want to be doing. And it's kind of, this is why I like that I'm posting through. I don't feel like it's me, it's you've got mail. Like it's this... It's this thing that I'm creating and behind that I can create like morals and what I want it to be like and the idea of the brand is, I don't want to call it a brand because I don't feel like it is a brand, but I don't know how else to describe it. But behind You've Got Mail, I can create the ideals that I want to support it. And as long as everything that I post fits in with those ideals, it's kind of like a loop system I have to jump through before I post something. And I think that is very, very important. You need to be aware of everything you're posting and make sure that you're okay with it and you'll be okay with it in 20 years. And it sounds sad to be like constantly thinking of it, like constantly thinking of the impact it's going to have. I was going to say constantly thinking of other people. I don't mean it like that. I mean, it sounds sad to be constantly aware of your actions in the future and how they might affect things. But it's just the way our world is. And I think it's just one of those things you just have to suck up. Like it is annoying to always be thinking two steps ahead, but... It's just what it is. If you want to use social media, that's how you have to be using it. You have to use it in a hyper-aware state. Otherwise, you're going to get caught out with something. You're going to post something that you haven't thought about and it's, I don't know, you regret it. Because it's scary knowing now what I know about employers and social media. Employers check your social media history. They check you on Facebook, on Instagram, on Google. They will check your name. They will search your name. Right, this is a fun little game. Go on Facebook and just go get someone else to just search your name. And do the same for Facebook, Instagram and Google. And it is a little bit scary. 
Because you might think that you haven't posted anything, that you're all fine, that like you haven't done anything bad, you've been so aware. But then you forget about your tagged. Go and look in the people's posts you show up in. Is there anything that's really like you just do not want that being there? That is not the professional outlook you're trying to give. That's not going to help you get a job. People are so unaware of their technological footprint and it's scary. And I think I'm only aware of it because I got it when I was later and I have a very little one. So when something happens, it's like I'm aware of it now. I have a little one. I literally have like 18,000 followers on TikTok. It's not that little anymore, but I don't have that much of a private footprint, if that makes sense. I feel like people must find that weird, but I totally recreated You've Got... Like, I totally created You've Got Mail from, like, nothing connection for me. The first few months I created You've Got Mail, even the first year, I didn't even tag it in my own account. I basically ignored my private account because I didn't want anyone that I was friends with to find the account. I just wanted to create it on my own and see what I could come up with. And it was so freeing not to have that connected. And then I did connect it for a while with my main, like, private Instagram. And then recently, once I started getting bigger, I unconnected them again. I was like, I don't even use my private Instagram anymore. It is solely there because the people I follow with are my old friends or, like, old school friends, that type of thing. And I want that there so I can see how they're doing, like, reply to their story, that type of thing. But I don't actually use that account for any purpose whatsoever it has like the amount of followers minuscule and I think that's interesting how my opinions on it's changed the more followers I've got because I'm wanting to reduce those connections because you never know what you could get tagged in I think it's really important to be so aware especially as all of us are like 20 okay even if you're younger when you're younger you need to be more aware because it is so you could do something that seems such a stupid like nothing comment And it could mean that you don't get a job that you really want to when you're in the future. Like, you could be tagged in some, I don't know, a post which your friend posted six years ago. And, I don't know, it could blow everything up. So please be conscious of it. Please be very, very aware of it. I think social media as a whole, that's the first step, is being very aware that social media is forever is always going to be there. So you need to make sure that everything you're putting out there is in alignment with what you want to be there forever. Even if you delete a post, it's not... It is deleted, but it's not deleted. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't know if someone could take a screenshot of something. And that's what always scares me. I saw this post and it was like... This girl saying, how does anyone else, like, save people's photo dumps? And then go through and screenshot all the images and look at all the things they've taken pictures of. And I'm like, what? That's low-key pretty terrifying. I can't lie. Like, what people do that? That's scary to me like that is really scary because I wouldn't I didn't even think that people did that like these things that I post I didn't know that that's what people did and it's made me think twice about everything that I include in the photo dumps like it's always nice to have like almost everything in there but if people are doing that I don't want to put everything in there you know it's got to kind of go through go through the filter like I was saying it's got to be like not me looking really rough on a hangover (laughs) I think the thing with social media is when you're using it is being aware of its mental health implications and just being very conscious of how everything, how that works for you and the impact that could have long term. I think filters are terrifying. They're so scary and I have been caught in the trap. I've used them, not the really, really intense ones. Like there are ones which are like, Jesus Christ, that looks like you look like a totally different person. My friends have used them before and I'm like, what? It's mental. Mainly celebrities use them, don't they? And it's just... I don't know. I've used them before when it's kind of like a 
like a blurring one you know when you're feeling a bit rough but like you don't want to change how your face actually looks it's just kind of like a blurring one all the funny ones like i've used them but i'm really trying to stop because even the blurring ones they're setting unrealistic expectations like yesterday i recorded an instagram story and my first instinct was to put a filter on because I didn't feel like that great, I was just going on a walk, it was the end of the day, I didn't have any makeup on, it was just like, I looked a bit rough, and I don't know, I would have to really be like, no, it's fine, this is what you look like, you don't look bad, you might not look your best, but you don't look bad, and it doesn't matter what you look like, people aren't here because of what you look like, they're here because they enjoy your content, and they enjoy the podcast, and you can't be promoting all these kind of like self-love, love yourself, that type of positive mindset, if you don't believe it yourself, and I think... That's what I'm starting to find, I'm challenging myself on now, now I have this platform, is because I want to use it in a way that's most beneficial for everyone else, even if that makes me uncomfortable and feel a little bit insecure, I feel like I have to push myself out there, and if that makes everyone else benefit, that's a good thing, because using filters should not be the norm, using filters should be, do you know what I mean, it should be normal to see everyday faces on social media, that should be what we're expecting, I mean, that's the whole point of be real, isn't it, it's kind of, the idea that this is what I look like and this is what I'm doing. That should be what social media is flooded with. And I wonder if the person who created the first filter realised the implications of what they were doing. I mean, even the very basic filters in Snapchat and everything, they, although, like, do you remember the doggy, like, the dog one? Imagine posting a picture of a dog, like, dressed as a dog now. I would cringe so hard at myself if I was, like, you know on Snapchat memories when things come up and there's videos of me, in the dog filter from like five years ago and it's just cringe like big time cringe and it's weird to think about I just think it's sad that people don't realize sometimes that when filters are on and I think that's really really scary I feel like filters in the past year have made a massive leap in their ability to be very realistic very very realistic and not realize when people are wearing them and people are smart about it they'll record a video and a filter they'll save it to a phone and then they'll post it so it won't show up that they're wearing a filter it'll just look like that's them but they don't look like that and it's really sad I think there's two sides of this that is sad there's the side that's sad that these have been created and that people use them because that's reinforcing the need to use them because no one looks like that in real life no one actually looks like that and you're reinforcing a beauty standard that doesn't exist it's not there and then I think it's also really sad because although we're blaming these people for using them it's sad that they feel the need to use them you've got to be compassionate with these things it's never as easy as I'll just stop using it that's that it's why do you think you need to use them? What's the digging a bit deeper? And that's, I think that's part of growing up is realising that you need to dig a bit deeper. It's never as simple as you think it's going to be. But it is something to be very conscious of when you're using it. Why do you feel the need to use it? And it's always to make myself look nicer, to make myself look better, to make myself feel good about myself. But that shouldn't come from the filter. You should already be feeling like that already. And I don't always... That's why sometimes I'll still post one with a filter and afterwards, I always regret it. I always regret doing it. I haven't done it on TikTok and I don't plan on doing it on TikTok. I never enhance the videos. But one time I was recording a video and I saw the enhanced and I was like, what even is this? So I tried it out just to see what it did. It was really weird. Guys, it was really, really weird because it made such subtle changes. It removed some texture I had on my skin. It made my pores look a little more seamless. It made my teeth a little bit whiter. It like brightened my eyes. It put on eyeshadow that looked so realistic. It didn't glitch in the slightest. It looked like, it looked like that's what I looked like. 
and you wouldn't have been able to tell. And that's what scares me about these filters. And I think it's one thing being our age and being aware that these are filters, that they're not real in the impact they're having. But it's a total another thing to be born into this generation that uses filters as the, as the norm. As I said, our generation are one that kind of grew up with social media. So we've seen the evolution of it. Do you remember the flower crown? Like Snapchat flower crown 2016, what some of that was. Like, you know what I mean? Like those were the types of filters where it was fucking obvious someone was wearing a filter. They had a flower crown on their head and they made you look a certain way. And even though they made you look a certain way, they like tried to make you look prettier. I don't know if it was prettier. They made you look different. Even though they did that, it was so fucking obvious they had done that. It was so obvious that when people used it, you were like, okay, yeah, you look nice, but like it's a filter, it's fine. And nowadays you don't see that. And I feel really, really sad for the generation that's growing up not knowing what's real and what's not real. It, it must be scary and it must do really sad things for your self-esteem. And I can understand not being on social media for that reason. I think that's why I kind of, for a period, took myself off social media and just didn't really want to be on it anymore and really focused on not being on it. It was whilst I was just starting up, you've got mail. And I was like, I don't need to be on social media for it. I'll still make the podcast and I still posted stuff, but I didn't really ever go on it. And now because obviously I'm way more active on social media, it's being conscious of how much social media I'm taking in. And how much these filters and seeing everyone looking like incredible and seamless and all of that. I don't want to join that part of social media, I don't think. I, I want to be the, like, the side of TikTok and Instagram and social media that's more like real life. Because I think life's hard enough without setting yourself these expectations that are totally unrealistic. Without trying to aspire to be something that's just a filter, it's not real. It's like without trying to aspire to have these lives that aren't aren't real well they are real but there's a lot of privilege that's gone into them or they're hiding a lot of stuff do you know what I mean it's either it's real in all of its entirety or they're not showing you everything they have this incredible life but they don't show you the late nights they are at work and they don't show you the places they've had to live before they don't show you their entire house they just show you the one room they've decorated really fucking nicely do you know what I mean it's this this is the danger with social media you don't realize the legitimacy of what you're aspiring to you don't realize how real it all is how the backstory of it all is the thing with social media is everything is instant and everything is taken at surface value nothing is ever dug deeper whereas beforehand everything was dug deeper everyone researched things you check out things through your own facts like if people were to put out something you'd probably investigate it like do you know what i mean people have to be written and you'd post it in a book you'd write a journal article it would be in a newspaper there'd be ways of checking it it would be commentary and that was very you were very aware of what you were ingesting in your social media feed and I think now we're not and it's something to be conscious of yourself because no one else will be conscious of it for you if that makes sense I think the need to curate your Instagram feed is something I've spoken about on the TikToks but it's something that's incredibly important because not curating your it's like the thing with social media is if you're not actively aware of all the negativities it could have and you're not proactive in avoiding those negative environments and experiences you will get hurt along the way something will happen that you don't enjoy you will start to think that that's how you should look you will start to use a filter all of the time you will start to think and look in the mirror and think well I don't look like that so that means I don't look good or I have your self-worth will plummet because you think and you see things in the social media and you realize that's not what you have and you think that's what you should be aspiring to 
unbeknown to you that's not actually real and that's not what they have it's just this idyllic life they've portrayed on social media and I think that's important it's important to be proactive in your social media intake that's why I always find it weird that we call it a feed your Instagram feed it's just like you really are ingesting it you're ingesting it into your mind you don't realize the impact that that's going to have so this is your sign to go and follow accounts that don't make you feel good because you need to be proactive in avoiding the damage that they're going to cause. Recently, I think, well, actually, it was in lockdown when I broke up with my ex and I realised people I was following were just a lot of celebrities who didn't really, like... They all looked a certain way. They all had the same body type. Like, do you know what I mean? They weren't... That's not really what I wanted to ingest anymore. And so I unfollowed loads of people, hundreds, refollowed a whole new different type of account, a lot of anti-diet accounts. A lot of accounts that looked really different. A lot of accounts that promoted different things. A lot of educational accounts because I realised that although social media has the power to be very bad, it also has the power to be very good. You can create a community of people that are very like-minded and want similar things in life, aspire to be similar things and that's really, really exciting. And that side of social media is great and brilliant and I think that's what I want to come out of you've got mail mainly, that's what I aim for it to come out as, but that's what I want social media to end up being, that's what I see social media becoming, it's kind of, we've been through the dodgy stage of kind of, it's just a bit eh, and we're coming to a now scenario where you're able to find those communities that make you feel good, and you're becoming proactive in finding them, maybe that's not social media though, maybe that's just growing up, maybe that's just gaining more clarity on what you want in your life, because you the social media feed that you have, that massively affects you. People spend hours. I spend hours on social media because of You've Got Mail, but also because that's just what I've realised I do and that's not healthy and I'm trying to cut it down. But one way of, before you try and cut it down, like a middleman can be just actively curating your feed. Go through your follows and unfollow people that don't make you feel good. Mute your friends' accounts that make you feel like shit because sometimes you can't unfollow. Sometimes that's going to cause you drama and that's not okay either like I'm not saying to go cause a massive shit show but I've like muted people before just when their account just isn't giving you what you need right now you have no obligation to follow them you have no obligation to watch what they post to watch their stories to watch any of it I think that's the biggest tip of advice I could give you is get comfortable muting and unfollowing be proactive in the feed that you make because it's going to have a massive impact and it's the only way you can really control it without deleting it. I think that's the thing. If you want to be part of the social media world, you have to have your armour on. And having your armour having your armor on can look different things for different people. But for me, it looks like actively curating my feed so that I follow good people. It's having time limits on social media apps so I know when I've spent an allotted amount of time. So my time out for TikTok is like 40 minutes. I spend well over that. I easily spend like an hour and a half each day because I post things and like I'm editing on TikTok and I'm also watching it for inspiration and that type of thing but I have those on it to serve as a reminder that you shouldn't be on this right now there are other things to do and it just kind of creates that barrier of going into social media it makes you check that you're not just doing it mindlessly you know when you've gone on your phone and sometimes you've had a reshuffle and you've just gone on your phone mindlessly and all of a sudden you look like you're looking for Instagram and you've just clicked on it and it's not there because you've moved it. And it's made you scared because you realise how subconscious that action process is. How easily you go into that folder and click on Instagram and just browse and mindlessly look at it. And I think it's being aware of that. Is that the best way to bide your time? Is that the best way 
for your mind to calm down. Because my thing is when I go on social media a lot, it's because I'm really anxious and overwhelmed. It's because I'm doing too many things. It's because I don't know what to do. And I know that I kind of, I wouldn't say it's doom scrolling. Doom scrolling, I don't know if you've heard the terminology, but it's where you find something bad and you keep scrolling, you keep scrolling and it gets worse and worse and worse. And it just ends up being really overwhelming. But I don't think, it's not that I'm doing that when I'm anxious. What I do is I just scroll as a distraction. I scroll as a distraction from how I'm feeling because I don't want to feel anxious anymore. But that's not the way it's going to work, is it? That's not going to solve it. It doesn't help anything. If anything, it makes me more anxious because I waste the time I could have spent dealing with it. I could have taken myself on a walk or a run. I could have meditated. I could have journaled. I could have spoken to someone. But I still have to do that after I've been on social media. So setting those time limits is a massive piece of advice I could give you. Huge. I think another thing is I'm really bad at this. So today's the day where I start taking my own advice is not sleeping with your phone in your room. It's so easy to roll over and just go onto Instagram straight away. Just to go onto Instagram, just to scroll mindlessly first thing in your morning. And I remember Jay Shetty mentioning kind of a way of thinking about it is imagine if you woke up and just opened your door and a hundred people were just there chilling. You just, you'd be so overwhelmed with everything that's going on. You'd have no moment to think, to regroup, to recenter. And when you first wake up, that's the part where you're softest. It's the part where you need kind of like the most warming up to the world. And I think my biggest tip of advice would be to leave your phone in another room. Buy an alarm clock so you don't rely on it. Or I don't know if you have an Apple Watch, use that. Find another way to wake yourself up and leave your phone in a separate room. That's what I'm going to do starting today because... If I'm not careful, it's the last thing I see at night and the first thing I see in the morning, which means my brain gets no break. And that's really bad. And I know how bad it is. Just sometimes struggle to do it. And it's weird, isn't it? We all know it's bad. We know we shouldn't do it, but it's really hard to enforce it. But I'm really going to try, I think, the next week. Why don't we all try it? Why don't we all try setting new boundaries on social media? So put up those time limits if you don't have them already. And then put your phone in a different room whilst you're sleeping. And I promise you'll feel different. You'll have such a better night's sleep. And you'll also feel calmer. And that's what I fucking need right now. This overwhelming feeling needs to leave. Because it's just sitting right now. I think maybe it's because my period. I don't know. But it needs to leave. Because I am not enjoying the experience in the slightest. I think the other thing that's with the anxiety and social media is. Realising that there's always going to be peaks and troughs and that it's not always going to be viral content. Not everyone is going to like everything you post, some videos you're going to love and everyone else is going to hate. And that's okay. Like, it's taken me a while to realise, like, my content was doing great last week and this week it's done good still, but it hasn't done as well as it did last week and that's okay. I try and think of, like, everything that I post now. I feel like this more applies to, I don't know if you post social media, like, more professionally, I guess. Because I, I, if you're doing it casually, I mean, even then, I think you've really got to take the worth of your content out of the likes and everything that it receives. You've got to take the worth away from that and realise that it was worth something before you posted it. And if other people appreciate it, then that's fucking great. But if they don't, that's okay too. Because you appreciate it. It's your page. That's what it's meant for. It's meant for you to appreciate the things that you put out there. And that's been a really important way of me kind of not trying to focus on the likes and the views that everything gets. And it's hard. It doesn't always work. And I'm not always going to be successful in it. I'd like slip up every single day. But that's okay too. I try and think of it like every time you post something, it's like adding something to your portfolio. That everyone can see, not everyone's going to like. And you're going to have a few standout pieces that people fucking love. 
but it's for you. The main point of it is for you. I know you put mail, I do it for everyone else too, but as long as I like it, then that's enough. As long as I'm happy with it, then that's enough. And that's been really important for me. I've created videos and they're in my drafts and I've recorded it and I'm like, I just don't like it. I'm just not feeling that video anymore. I'm not, it, it just doesn't sit right with me, especially when I'm feeling anxious. I find it really hard to talk and I literally, I'll just start and be like, oh, no, start again, nope start again start again start again like these are one minute videos and they can sometimes take me up to an hour to record and when it gets to that point I'm just realizing that that video is not going anywhere it doesn't sit right with me so I'm not going to post it and I think that's been important only posting things that again linking back to the first point that are in alignment with how I feel if it makes me feel good and I like it and it makes me remember something good about myself or gives me that little boost that I need if one other person found it helpful then that is enough that's enough. And I think it's the same with these podcasts. I kind of, for a while, stopped creating them. And then I started up again because I realized that even though I had no listeners, even though there was literally like three people and one of them was my boyfriend and my mum, like, even if I just had that, the joy that I got from creating them, the space it cleared in my head, the way that articulating what was going on, how I was feeling, how it made me feel, that was enough. That was enough to get me to carry on. And I think if you can try and find, I think if you can try and switch the way that you're doing things, don't do it for validation from other people. Do it because you genuinely enjoy it. Do it because you generally, generally enjoy what you're posting. You get joy from it. It makes you happy. You're proud of what you're doing because then if no one else likes it, it doesn't matter. And it's a constant battle. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I think even when you're just posting your holiday pics, don't be thinking about the likes that that's going to get you. Don't be thinking about the comments it's going to get you. Just be thinking that I love this photo and I want it on my page and I want to remember this on my feed. I want that there. I think that's enough. But anyway, you've listened to me ramble about social media now for half an hour, so I should probably move on to the next element of the podcast. So now it's time to move on to the next part of the podcast, which is all of the new things, all of the new things I've read, watched, seen, Eaten done this week. I mean, I've already exposed the Bakewell tart and that was fucking life-changing. That will be appearing on my Instagram feed very shortly. Other new things I have tried this week. Okay, this is your daily reminder to buy yourself some cuticle oil and put it at your desk. For any of my fellow remote workers out there, people who go to school, I have this little cuticle oil I think I got in a stocking like three years ago and I found it and I have it on my desk and I've been painting my nails in it basically every 10 minutes because I am so easily distracted and it's a fun thing to do life-changing I do the same with eyelash serum I've just been putting on guys my lashes have never been so long my nails have never been so strong it's brilliant you don't even need to invest in a proper cuticle oil I don't probably none of you know this I used to work as a beauty expert and a lady that I worked with was a beauty therapist and so I like I love skincare skincare is my thing I love it I love it and so I got into it and I was chatting to her and she used to be a beauty therapist and she was saying like we used to charge people like 20 30 quid for these like beautiful like nails appointments and what they do for your cuticles is literally just olive oil. Olive oil that you can buy for your supermarket. That's one of the best things you can do. Get an old nail varnish bottle that you're finished with, fill it with cuticle oil, and just brush it on. Or you can go to somewhere like Sally's, like a hairdressing beauty shop, but for your for beauticians, and you can buy like a little like empty pot there, and it is incredible. You just need olive oil. You don't have to buy an investive one, an expensive one, but buy one. I promise your life will be better. Other new things I've done this week. Uh, my life is so boring. I bought houseplant food. Fucking hell. 
my plants are thriving. My cheese, cheese leaf, it's definitely not called a cheese leaf plant. You know the monstera, like the typical print one. I don't know how to describe it, but it's big and green. I'll post a picture of it if we need to. Monstera, I want to call it. Swiss cheese plant, that's all wrong. Hopefully you know the one I mean. It has grown four new leaves since I've started doing this. Bear in mind, it has not grown for like three months. I properly thought I'd killed it. So that's your daily reminder to buy that too. I'm currently reading at the moment. It's not really... Let me go get it. I'm currently reading It All Comes Down to This by Teresa Ann Fowler. And it's brilliant. It's different than what I've been reading before. It's definitely more fiction. Well, the other ones weren't fiction. They were autobiographies. This one's a fiction-based kind of... I want to say thriller. I don't think it is a thriller because nothing scary's happened. But I could be wrong. It's like... A fast-paced book about family life. A, a true page-turner. That's how i describe it. Not a thriller, but a page-turner. And it's, like, about this family in America and all the... Like, the mum died and she takes... She records a video exposing all her secrets that she's kept for so many years. And you can just tell the stories are going to get intertwined and it's interesting. There's always been, like, a love dynamic. But it's written in a way that I do not want to put this book down. So if you're looking for, like, a fast-paced, page-turner type book, would highly recommend. It all comes down to this, Teresa and Fowler. I got mine from the library, so if you're in the UK, go check your library because it's probably there. I swear they buy them all in bulk. It's good. It would be the perfect holiday read. Like, you know, perfect by the beach. It would entertain you for, like, three days. It's a, it's a chunky one. It's, like, 400 300 pages. What page am I? Oh my god, I'm in the middle. I'm 143. Would definitely recommend that. It's really, really good and I'm really enjoying it. But that probably rounds off the end of the podcast because I've got to go pick fish and chips up for everyone and I have definitely forgotten. And I just got a text from mum saying, are you going to go and get them? So I need to leave now. Fish and chips, I feel like, is a classic Friday night dinner. So that'll be... I'm, I'm excited about it. I can't lie. I haven't had them in ages. I am meant to go and do a workout after I've eaten the fish and chips. Will that happen? Probably not. I've got a festival tomorrow, okay? I need to be well rested. We need to not do too much movement. But thank you for listening and make sure you rate, review, subscribe to the podcast and then you can get updated for new episodes. Make sure you're following me on TikTok and Instagram. Both of them are you've got mail underscore pod. And thank you for listening. I'm really excited about where the podcast is going to go. And I'm so happy that you're here with me. I hope you've all had a lovely week and I can't wait to speak to you next week. Love you loads. Bye.